Hey everybody! You are listening to the Creative Biolabs podcast, the show that introduces the basics about stem cells and their broad applications. Please contact us if you have any questions or suggestions. And don't forget to subscribe to follow the latest updates. Welcome, dear listeners. Our special guest today is still our favorite Dr. Benjamin Smith. Let's give a warm welcome to this renowned scientific journal editor. Could you please greet our audience, Dr. Smith? It's a pleasure to see you again, dear listeners. Thank you for the invitation, Connie. Thank you for joining us once more. In our previous episode, we discussed hematopoietic stem cells in embryos and embryoid bodies in three parts. Let me briefly summarize the key points. The first part covers embryonic hematopoiesis, which takes place in the yolk sac. Subsequently, the liver and spleen assume the role of blood production, and finally, the bone marrow becomes the primary site of hematopoiesis. Moving on to the second part, which addresses blood formation in embryoid bodies, there are still numerous unresolved issues. This is primarily due to disparities between embryoid bodies and genuine embryos. The third part delves into the transformation of an embryoid body-derived hematopoietic stem cell by BCR-ABL. This part serves as an in-depth exploration of the content in the second part. Today, we plan to delve deeper into more fascinating aspects of hematopoietic stem cells. Where shall we begin, Benjamin? Developing strategies to enhance hematopoietic engraftment has been crucial. Allow me to provide a brief overview. BCR or ABL transformation targets rare cells with lymphomyeloid developmental potential and embryonic stem cell cultures. However, mice that received these engraftments developed leukemia and did not survive. This prompted us to investigate methods for isolating embryonic hematopoietic stem cells without inducing a transformed phenotype. To generate normal, non-transformed blood progenitors from embryonic stem cells, we employed a combination of two strategies. One strategy involves using BCR or ABL to deactivate the expression of individual proteins, such as STAT5. Activation of downstream targets may have less disruptive effects on cell physiology than complete transformation by the oncoprotein. The other strategy entails using a novel embryonic stem cell line to conditionally express candidate genes. This cell line should be engineered to express the gene of interest from a tetracycline-regulated promoter, enabling the induction and subsequent reversal of genetic effects. Based on these principles, we created an embryonic stem cell line named AIM-15. This cell line is capable of expressing the TET-dependent transcriptional transactivator protein from an active genomic locus. I understand what you mean. So, how do we use this method to screen for the ideal genes? Any gene of interest can be inserted into an expression cassette with high targeting efficiency, which is located within the active HPRT gene locus. Correctly targeted genes confer resistance to neomycin. The inserted gene is only expressed in the presence of the powerful tetracycline analog, doxycycline, and can be rapidly silenced after the removal of doxycycline. The STAT5 transcriptional regulator and the homeobox gene HOXB4 were chosen for expression in this system, 
Because of the central role of STAT5 in BCR or ABL and cytokine receptor signaling, and the unique properties of HOXB4 in enhancing hematopoietic engraftment without inducing leukemia. I see. Has the expression of these two genes shown a positive effect on hematopoiesis? Yes, indeed. The modified embryonic stem cells were differentiated into embryoid bodies, and gene expression was activated by adding doxycycline to the culture medium. This led to an expansion of hematopoietic blast cells upon STAT5 and HOXB4 gene induction. Vigorously growing colonies of hematopoietic cells were detected only in the presence of doxycycline. These cells were harvested and plated in semi-solid media with cytokines, where they produced various types of blood cell colonies. Notably, the most primitive multipotential colonies expanded significantly. If I understand correctly, the expression of STAT5 and HOXB4 can induce embryoid body hematopoiesis in vitro. Is it the same in vivo? How do you observe the inductive role of these two genes in vivo? The cells were modified to express the green fluorescent protein, GFP, and then injected intravenously into irradiated syngeneic or immunodeficient mice. The contributions of GFP-positive cells to the peripheral blood were monitored by flow cytometry, and specific lymphoid and myeloid cell populations were scored using specific cell surface differentiation antigens and forward and side scatter properties. Additionally, cells were directly examined under a microscope after cytocentrifugation onto cover slips. Based on these experiments, it was observed that STAT5 and HOXB4 expressing cells engrafted in mice and generated both lymphoid and myeloid populations in the circulating blood. Gene expression was sustained in vivo by adding doxycycline to the drinking water of mice. However, the contributions of STAT5-stimulated cells appear to be transient, while engraftment with HOXB4-expressing cells persisted in primary animals, even in the absence of gene induction. Moreover, these cells could be transplanted into secondary animals, indicating the self-renewal of long-term reconstituting hematopoietic stem cells. Would this induced hematopoiesis be abnormal, or is it stable? No evidence of abnormal hematopoiesis was found upon examination of peripheral blood smears from engrafted mice. Genetically modified embryonic stem cells undergo transformation in vivo, and attempts were made to retrovirally deliver HOXB4 directly to populations of cells dissociated from embryoid bodies. This delivery method also succeeded in generating expanded cultures of hematopoietic cells that engrafted and irradiated mice. Based on these data, the expression of the STAT5 or HOXB4 gene in differentiating cultures of embryonic stem cells yielded hematopoietic engraftment in irradiated mice, with HOXB4 showing the most promise for stable engraftment in both primary and secondary animals. That is very encouraging. How much is known about the mechanism of these two genes driving hematopoietic engraftment from embryonic stem cells? To be honest, the mechanisms remain unclear, but there are some related conjectures. 
These two genes might increase the numbers of otherwise rare hematopoietic stem cells by driving cell proliferation, or HOXB4 might alter cell fate by promoting a transition from primitive to definitive hematopoietic stem cell fate, a known effect of homeobox genes. Markers of definitive hematopoiesis have been detected in HOXB4 expressing cells. And these cells also expressed CXCR4 and tell CXCR4 is the chemokine receptor implicated in the homing of hematopoietic stem cells into the bone marrow, and tell is the transcription factor involved in migration from the fetal liver to the adult bone marrow microenvironment. HOXB4 does not appear to be expressed in the precirculation yolk sac but is detectable in primitive populations of hematopoietic bone marrow cells in adults. I see. Could the expression of HOXB4 in yolk sac progenitors confer engraftment potential in adults? This has been tested through retroviral infection. In the case of embryoid body-derived cells, HOXB4 expression in yolk sac progenitors induced dramatic expansion in marrow stromal cultures of mice and resulted in stable hematopoietic engraftment in adult mice. Furthermore, yolk sac-derived progenitors could be transplanted into secondary animals, supporting the hypothesis that the activation of HOXB4 confers the potential of embryonic hematopoietic progenitors to engraft in the adult hematopoietic microenvironment, thus playing a critical role in the transition from embryonic to adult hematopoietic programming. You are right. Can embryoid body-derived cells exhibit full hematopoietic differentiation potential? Yes, indeed. This has been demonstrated through the lymphoid potential and transient lymphoid reconstitution of engrafted immunodeficient mice. However, natural embryoid body cell-derived hematopoietic progenitors are at best ineffective at reconstituting adult hosts or can only develop in limited numbers under specific cultural conditions. It is possible that distinct progenitors contribute to the primitive yolk sac and definitive aorta gonad mesonephrostype hematopoiesis in the embryo. And during embryoid body formation in vitro, different progenitors may arise at spatially and temporally distinct sites. Nonetheless, our goal is to promote the differentiation of embryonic stem cells into robust definitive hematopoietic stem cells in vitro making it important to identify precise cultural conditions. So, in order to demonstrate the development of lymphoid, myeloid, hematopoietic stem cells from differentiating embryonic stem cells in vitro, genetic modification is required. Correct? At least for now, genetic modification appears necessary, even though it results in inefficient engraftment. Genetic engineering comes with technical challenges and risks, so it would be preferable to derive engraftable hematopoietic stem cells through a more natural process. Simulating the developmental pathway of an embryo and applying specific principles of blood formation to in vitro systems may enhance blood formation safely and efficiently. As I have read, secreted signaling molecules induce distinct cell fates during gastrulation in mice. Could you please elaborate a bit more on this? Certainly. The earliest stage of blood formation occurs in the extraembryonic mesoderm of the yolk sac, where blood islands form surrounded by endothelial cells in close proximity to the visceral endoderm. 
Several transcriptional regulators of hematopoiesis have been identified, including some that are implicated in leukemia due to translocation breakpoints. Gene knockout studies have confirmed their roles in hematopoiesis. Additionally, a small number of secreted factors have been identified as early embryonic inducers of mesodermal fate in the hematopoietic lineage. Among these factors, two of the most interesting are hedgehog factor and bone morphogenetic protein 4. You explained it very clearly. Can you tell us more about these factors? Certainly. Indian hedgehog is a member of the hedgehog family of signaling molecules, which play diverse roles in early embryonic patterning. It has been demonstrated that early hematopoietic activity in the developing murine yolk sac depends on signals from the adjacent primitive or visceral endoderm, and Indian hedgehog is produced by the visceral endoderm. Indian hedgehog can induce hematopoiesis, and its inhibition by anti-hedgehog antibodies inhibits hematopoiesis development. Sonic hedgehog, another hedgehog factor, has been shown to enhance the expansion of human hematopoietic repopulating cells. Other members of the bone morphogenetic protein family are involved in the regulation of proliferation and survival of primitive human hematopoietic populations. Therefore, the study of these factors sheds light on their potential role in directing hematopoietic development. That's fascinating. What should we learn more about these factors? It's essential to investigate whether hematopoietic stem cells derived from human embryonic stem cells can function normally and reconstitute normal immune function in vivo while remaining non-tumorigenic. Additionally, we need to determine if immunological problems can be circumvented through nuclear replacement or genetic modification. Overall, there are still significant barriers to the therapeutic applications of embryonic stem-derived cells but in vitro differentiation systems remain crucial for studying hematopoiesis and embryonic development. You're absolutely right. Hematopoiesis in embryos is a complex and delicate process, requiring various factors to function properly. Once these uncertainties are resolved, the clinical application of human embryonic stem cells could become even more extensive. Thank you for sharing this valuable information. It's been a pleasure talking to you. I think we'll conclude our discussion here, and there will be more intriguing knowledge to explore in our next program. See you next time, and I hope you have a great day. Thank you very much. I look forward to our next discussion.